Michael Smith, it's episode 70 of Kane's Cast. You know what that means? What's that? We're home for the holidays. Yes, we are. In fact, this will be the final Kane's Cast before the holidays. The Hurricanes and, of course, your podcasting host, TV's Mike Maniscalco. And the web's Michael Smith. We'll be taking the three-day holiday break around Christmas, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and the day after to spend some time away from the rink with our families around the holiday season. It should be nice. Well, you get to go back home. I do. Uh, I will be staying around town. So if the Smiths want me to come out to lovely Kernersville, North Carolina, I know exactly where it is. Short drive, an hour and a half west of here. Absolutely. I'll stop at the uh, certain convenience store I like to shop at. See how I didn't give it up that easy? You know, maybe... Uh, one day you can roll a 7 or 11 and find out what I'm talking about, and they can sponsor this fine podcast because we're still looking for one if you want. Still looking for a sponsor. Happy to do so. Maybe it can be a coffee company because Sebastian Ajo says he drank a lot of coffee before yesterday's 3 nothing victory, depending on when you are listening to Kane's yes. Cast episode 70 right now. Ho, ho, ho. Now we have hockey sticks too. We have a bunch of things to, to refer to that game, but Sebastian Ajo said he ate a big breakfast. I said anything else. He said he drank a lot of coffee. Not going to do that again. I say don't mess with a streak. So if any coffee company wants to get behind us, I certainly drink a lot of coffee during the course of the day. Yeah, I'm, I always start my day with a nice cup of coffee. Yeah, you do. That's the funny thing. I never see you drink it, but in the morning you always have one cup of coffee. That's what I look forward to every day. I've tried to just keep it at one because I know if I start adding cups of coffee, I, I will get like Ajo did yesterday yeah. and just be just guzzling Awesome coffee. on the ice. What's wrong well, with that? That's true. It's the best part of waking up. <laughs> Is being awesome on the ice. Exactly. It doesn't really rhyme as well. but No, it doesn't. <laughs> but let's before we go to – the 3 nothing shutout victory over Arizona. Peter Morazic's first shutout with the Carolina Hurricanes and how good Peter Morazic has been since coming back from his injury, which ironically enough was in Arizona on November yep. 2nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes back and shuts them out. There's a little bit of uh, good and, and not so good. As a matter of fact, three games before that against Toronto, against Montreal, and against Washington where there was some concerns if you are a Carolina Hurricanes fan with how this team was playing. Yeah, three-game winless streak, 0-2-1 and one, uh, in that time. Got the point against Washington. Yep. Um, but that which, didn't feel like a, a yeah. feel-good thing because you had a 4-1 lead 30 minutes into the hockey game and watched it evaporate. It's one of those things where if you say you're going to get a point against the defending Stanley Cup champions who had won 10 of 12 games uh, coming in, you probably would have said, okay, it's, it's not going to be a, a terrible night. But then you get into the game, and the Hurricanes are, are playing reasonably well. Yeah. Established that 4-1 lead in the second period. Seem to have all the momentum. And then in about five and a half minutes, it's a tie game again. Yeah. I almost said ball game, but it's a, it's a puck game. You it's can a say, hockey you can game. Say, you can say ball game. I think people understand. I, I have no problem with mixing metaphors at times in sports. It's okay. I think it works. So uh, in the short span of five and a half minutes, you have a tie hockey game. Uh, and but credit to the Canes for when Alex Ovechkin, you know, completed his hat trick in the third period on the power play, scoring from his office, you know, yes. top of the circle. The Hurricanes didn't quit. That's been kind of the theme of this team throughout the season. I mean, they could have easily just folded it in right there, but they keep playing. They take advantage of a Braden Holby miscue, puts the puck off the side of the net. Justin Williams is there to put it in the net, force overtime and. Uh, we get to the shootout. Maybe we can touch on the shootout a bit in a minute. Uh, but the Hurricanes end up end up taking a point 
to at least get some momentum going in that direction. And then, of course, the 3 nothing went at home. But but prior to that, you know, the 4-1 loss to Toronto. Um, but that's a 2-1 hockey game, and it was yeah. there for the taking. I, yeah. guess. I think for me, Michael, I get how people, and for those of you who tune in and listen to us on the Canes cast, we always appreciate it. And, always. You know, we love the passion and how people feel about this team. But there's a few things that, for what we do in covering the team, and again, I always need the one reminder, Michael and I, one, work for the team. We're employees for the team, so you know that. So hopefully that's why you, you tune in and you enjoy the access that we get. But we also kind of have this different perspective on this, uh, one of them being we're coming to you from practice today here on Monday as yes. we're recording episode 70 of the Canes cast where uh, we have the Bumble, the Webbs, Michael Smith, and Yukon Cornelius. That would be me. <laughs> I'm just built like Yukon Cornelius and the Bumble you, if they had a love child. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so uh, we're all set. But what was frustrating for me, forget the losses as a fan, it wasn't that they just lost those games. They were in every one of those games. It's 2-1 to one against Montreal. And Andrei Svechnikov ties it up in the third. Now we got a new game. And then the Canes, who really, Rod Brindamore told me, didn't play the first two periods of that game the way that they should, capable of, and can do. They tie it up, and you're thinking, now you're going to steal one here. And the game disintegrated on them again. The Washington game. They come out. They're better than the Caps to start that, that game. And the Caps might be the best team in the Metro right now. It's 4-1, to one, and the game disintegrates. The Toronto game, you just watched Toronto impose their will on the Canes as that game moved on. Yeah. But it's a 2-1 to one game, and you have a chance to win it. And I think that's where you pick up the frustration from some of the players, like Justin Williams, the captain, saying, we have to learn to finish these games. It's no longer we're a young team or no longer this has to happen. They have to win those games. Good teams win those games not find a way good teams win those games when you're in them or you're up four to one and that was for me save the losses the real frustration I, that they're good enough to be in it but can't find a way to, to finish it or get the goal when they need it and i think the other frustrating part at least from the uh montreal and, and washington games we'll put the toronto game aside but you score four goals on Carey Price yeah. and five goals on Braden Holtby, and you only get a point from those two games. Yep. That's a frustrating part, too, because usually you expect to at least win at least one of those games if you're scoring four and five goals, especially for a team that recently at least hasn't had success scoring goals. And if I may, and this will be the eye roll or the what moment of this, what? Of this podcast, the goaltending in the Montreal game wasn't why they lost. Peter no. Morazic the reason why they were in that game going into the third period right. was Peter Morazic. And I know that Scott Darling has quickly turned in, in the uh, eyes of some fans of what he was supposed to be to what he is. But Scott Darling wasn't the reason why they lost to the Washington Capitals either on Friday night. No. You know, he made some big saves when they needed him to. He was very good in the shootout when they needed him to be, which is something that Stop we will Stop TJ Oshie and, yep. and, and Alex, Alex Ovechkin. So, yeah, I, I mean – I think that Washington game turned in that five-and-a-half-minute stretch where it was goal after goal after goal. The one that really hurt, obviously, was Ovechkin's second goal. The missed call on the Dougie Hamilton was interfered with. Alex Ovechkin opens up space. He cuts the middle of the ice and scores. That At that point, the Capitals, are, are they've got all the momentum. And the Hurricanes are playing with... 
um, I think a sense of frustration, maybe a sense of anger, and that of course leads to the next goal where you've got a guy in front of the net uncovered and he redirects a point shot in to tie the game. You sort of just felt those building, um, and it's unfortunate that you know it, it happened that way after the Hurricanes had such a dominant start to the period, scoring two power play goals, Sebastian Ajo and Teavo Teravainen to to build their lead and to stretch their lead against the defending Stanley Cup champs. But for the Hurricanes to, to regain their composure, really, uh, coming into the third period, and then after falling down in the third period, to, to tie it up and at least force extra hockey was encouraging. And this is a big homestand. That yep. was a big point when you look back on it. That was a big point. Well, it could be depending on how the homestand will finish that's, up. That's true. It is still early in this five-game homestand, two games complete. But the Hurricanes 101-1 in the homestand thus far. And I want to say, if I look quickly back at the homestand in November, the team was, was what, 4-1-1, I believe? Mm-hmm. And it started off, in the eyes of many, dire with the loss to Detroit and the, the shootout, the loss, to shootout loss. Just like the shootout loss to Washington, but they rebounded and, and beat Chicago in overtime. But, and, but then the loss to Columbus, and everybody is like, oh, this well, guy is falling. And that came off a four-day break, and now we find ourselves in the middle of a three-day gap in the yeah. schedule with the Detroit Red Wings coming into town on Thursday. So it'll be interesting to see how the Canes take that, knowing what happened last time, uh, and maybe adjust some things heading into Thursday's game. If I may. Sure. I think that... We keep looking at the players. We also have to look at Rod Brindamore as a head coach, too, going through all of these things as a head coach for the first time. Mm -hmm. So when you look at a four-day break and what they did or what they didn't do in between Chicago and Columbus, he's going to look at that and try to tone things up a little bit. Maybe they take a day off. Maybe they don't, they don't take a day off when they were going to. We know that they called off practice on Saturday in between the Caps and the Coyotes game, and we'll find out how Rod Brindamore keeps adjusting and evolving. And you have to remember, he's a first-year head coach, so everybody wants to be really critical of the things that he's making. Go right ahead, but he said it right from his opening press conference. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to learn on the job, and, and he will. So that might be a good segue, Mike, for us to touch on the shootout that happened against yeah. the Washington Capitals. Well, because I, I, I think it's such a nuanced discussion that you can have on on what happened because on the one hand you have the absence of probably the three best offensive players on the roster currently so we're, we'll put the injured players aside because I think you can make an argument that Michael yep. Furland is maybe one of those but Sebastian Ajo, Tevo Teravina and Andrei Svechnikov did not see the ice in the six round shootout and that when you take it at face value is a bit puzzling, I think. One more factor to throw in there. Sure. On a night when Sebastian Ajo had four points, Correct. two goals, and one was a breakaway goal on uh, Brayden Holtby shorthanded, and you had Tavo Teravainen having a good night offensively as well, and Andrei Svechnikov scores a, a goal that night. So that I get the head scratching from the you know, 15,000 coaches right. in the stands <laughs> and, and elsewhere. But at the same time, you know, even Sebastian said it himself that he hasn't scored in a shootout this year. It's kind of strange, you know, the players that are good in shootouts. It doesn't always translate. Like Eric Stahl, Jeff Skinner were never really that good in the shootout. Their numbers were never that good in the shootout. And folks would question it when they didn't get used, but the numbers maybe dictated that they didn't get used. Sebastian Ajo, his numbers haven't been great in the shootout, and he wasn't used. I think 
the fact that he had four points, yep. you'd probably like to see him get tossed over the boards. Yep. He's clearly feeling it in the game, so you might as well see if he can feel it in the shootout. But then you saw him yesterday against Aiden Hill. He tried the same move on the breakaway that he scored on on Braden Holby on Friday. The forehand to backhand going five hole, and Aiden Hill kept his stick parallel yep. to the ice and made the save. So it's, you know, it, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Because if 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 Yannick Wokinen or Phil DiGiuseppe or Jacob Slavin score in the first three rounds, then it's probably not even a, a discussion. Yeah, and by the way, I don't argue with starting Yannick Wokinen, who no, I don't either. was on fire, or having him, I'll use a baseball uh, metaphor for you as well, have him bat leadoff yeah. in the shootout well, because, uh, one, he was providing a bunch of offense down in the AHL, and there are people out there going, oh, if you're producing at the AHL, you can do that here. Two, there's no book on him. There's no book. Yeah, Braden, Braden Holby, Holby he doesn't no know idea. what he's going to do. And he's a skill player, so you might as well put a skill player over the boards and yeah. see what happens. And I think that's what it comes down to the argument with a guy like Sebastian yes. or Tevo Teravainen or Andrei Svechnikov. These guys are skilled players, and it is a skills competition, so you might as well just throw them over the boards and see what happens. So there's two things about this that – I knew we were going to talk about this here today on the podcast. And there's two schools, Michael. There's the analytics school that likes to talk about numbers, numbers, numbers. And the reason why you put this guy out is because the numbers say you should. So if that's the case, you can't fault Rod Brindamore for going with the numbers that said, hey, look, Sebastian Ajo hasn't scored this year, so we're not going to put him in the shootout. And then you can't fault the other choices of, you know, what Brock McGinn has done in the shootout. He's had a couple of big goals in the shootout this year for the Carolina Hurricanes. Dougie Hamilton has been good at practice. And if you're the head coach and you say you practice hard and you do all these things, that's going to show me you're going to get your shot because of that. So the coach was true to his word. But at the same time, I'm kind of the you, – you go with the gut or the no-brainer. And for me, the no-brainer is you put your best player on the ice in the shootout. For years yeah. – in years and years, and it will still be debated forever, Canada will always be questioned for not putting Wayne Gretzky out in the shootout in the Nagano Olympics against Dominic Oshik, who's the greatest scorer of all time, and he didn't go out over the boards. But the numbers said that you shouldn't because he wasn't a, a really good participant in penalty shots, as weird as that sounds. But my thing is, if you're going to do it, you go with the best players. But then here's what happens. You go with your best players and they don't score – Five games, you know, you go into shootouts and that happens. Guess what fans say? Why are you throwing these guys out over the boards? Right. Why do you keep doing this? So, you know, it's almost a lose-lose unless you win the shootout. Right. Which is and and I think I, – I honestly think that's what he was trying to get at in his post-game post -game, press exactly. conference. Um, in saying he didn't – because I, I, I think some people were, were kind of confused as to what he was saying yeah. in post-game. But I think he was trying – what he was trying to get at was that, yeah, it's a conversation if only if you lose the game. And that's, that's what happened. I mean, you look at what T.J. Oshie, a, a shootout specialist, saved by Scott Darling, Alex Ovechkin, who had a hat trick, didn't score. It, it all comes down to chance, and it's complete dumb yep. luck as to who's going to score and who's not. Dougie Hamilton made a great move. And Jacob scored. Slavin, I'm not sure the, the last time that backhand move worked. I think the league might kind of have a book on that. Brock McGinn, we've seen him score shootout winning goals before. It yep. uh, didn't work this time. So, you know, it's. Again, it's an issue if it doesn't work. Yeah. And I'm not going to speak for Rod Brindamore, but here's what everybody needs to know. 
for what we do, it's refreshing to hear somebody actually say what he's thinking instead of just constantly giving us coach speak on these things. And Michael Smith, the webs, Michael Smith, that's why you belong to the web because you're a treasure. <laughs> you kind of put it out there, which is what he said. It was, it only is a thing if it happens. And seeing that we're broadcasters and you know, I have the TV side of it uh, on, on the background here. When you say something on TV, like if I point out that it's a shutout or if I point out something, and then immediately after a goal scored against, did I jinx it? Did I, I – I'm the one who brought that end on, not the players oh. on the ice. Not, no, it's me saying that. I wish I had that control over the universe. Right. I, I actually thought to myself yesterday, I was, I was typing – the words shut out and Peter Mrazek yeah. and making so many saves. And immediately after, he had to make um, a save. I, it yeah. wasn't the most challenging save, but he had to make so. a save. And I sort of, you know, wiped my brow. Like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm clear yeah, no, of that one. But here's, here's my thing. It's only a jinx if it happens. Right. You know? Yeah, I know. And, and so for the people or who if somebody knows, that, like nobody would have known. Ah, you know. But, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Folks, you're going to – when a team loses, you're going to find fault. And you're going to pick at everything. And, look, we're not the head coach of the team. We're not the general manager of the team. We're not the owner of the team. My belief is if I'm going to, if I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose with my best. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to put the best out there. And hey, that's what I would do for, for a shootout. We're at least having the discussion about yeah. it. And that's, that's what I think it comes down to. And, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we see any one of those three in but, the next shootout. No, but if I was a coach, here's where people would hate me. I would keep going with my best right? because they're my best. And, and if when, they didn't score, and if I go five shootouts in a row and they don't score and you're going to want me to change it, I'm going to say, no, I'm going to put my best out there. Right, yeah. And then you're going to complain that I'm not, I'm not trying to win because these guys clearly don't win in the shootout. And I will go with my answer is these are my best guys. These are who I'm going to go with. So it's, again, it's you're, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't in sports circles with certain things. And I think, like everything, head coaches maybe sometimes overthink some oh, things. Yeah. But that's no different than all of us. I mean, we all overthink things occasionally. Yep. Not, and I'm not saying that the, the shootout lineup was was one of those things that, yep. that got overthought. But I think at the end of the day, we're having a discussion about it. I think it got it. overthought. I, it probably got overthought. That's it. But look, folks. A lot of fans are not going to be upset when Andrei Svechnikov makes mistakes early on in his career that will lead to a goal or maybe lead to a missed opportunity for the Canes. And you shouldn't be. You know why? Because he's learning. Head coach of this team, you don't want to hear it, but he's learning. And the only way that you really get this is on-the-job experience. Every, every head coach in the NHL, every head coach in pro sports has made a decision if they're around long enough that has cost their team a game because they either went with the book or they went against the book or whatever, and you're not going to make in a loss. No one's happy. And over a long enough time, folks, this is the most truism about coaches in sports. They are hired, and we know how it ends for 99% of them. They're hired to get fired, exactly. Yeah, that's it. But uh, it's, I'm glad we had the discussion, and I'm glad it's out there. But, again, it's like anything. Michael, you're on the web. How many people do you get mentions from? When the Canes lose. Oh, my mentions were a disaster all weekend. Yeah. Until. Until they win. Correct. And then you don't see those people on the internet. You see the other people who just and like folks, to talk about wins. And that's fine. You know, that's what it's about. Let's clear some things up here. We're, I'm not the coach. TV's Mike Maniscalco is not the no. coach. We're not the GM. 
We're not. We. I'm the web guy, and he's on TV, and that's the extent of it. And I'm I'm on the web as a host from. And time I'm not to time. gonna pass along your line suggestions. I'm not gonna take a trade proposal to Don Waddell. We just we're on the internet. That's all. Yeah. So you but know you maybe can next vent time. to us if you want to vent. That's fine, but you know, when you give me the statement question, there's no need for me to respond. Yeah. Just, and yes, you know, I, I'm, I, I do love interacting with fans yes. on Twitter, but there is a point where I close the Twitter app and don't open it for hours on end. Yeah. So. And to Michael's end, if we did take a trade proposal to Don Waddell or line <laughs> combinations to Rod Brindamore, could we then tell you what the results of those are? Because I, I have a... I imagine there might be a chuckle. No, I, I imagine there'll be a or look. Words. And then words <laughs> that aren't the nicest words. That aren't safe for this family-friendly podcast. No. And, you know, there are some people out there who want us to swear because it's the Internet, but we're not. Yeah, we're, we're you know, we're. I just, I just, oh, don't get me wrong. When these microphones are off, <laughs> you'd think that I am, uh, I'm on leave this, from the Navy. <laughs> this podcast, you work blue. I do work blue, especially <laughs> after ten o'clock. That's why I was. That's why I was very thankful. I had to keep telling myself on the West Coast, it's seven o'clock here. Yeah, that's true. You're welcome. You're got welcome, a little America. dicey there, and uh, well, got in a LA. little got a little risque in L.A. But blame that on Bailey. Not Thankfully, me. you avoided Sharky. All right, so let's let's talk about then the good from this past week, and yes. that was obviously Sunday, the the three nothing shutout victory over the Arizona Coyotes, the Hurricanes, paying Arizona one back. Um, uh, for that that game in early November, where uh, you know I don't blame you if you blocked it out of your mind, but the Arizona Coyotes took a three nothing lead over the Hurricanes in the first period. Yeah. Shorthanded goal, power play goal. Yeah. It wasn't a great first period. The Hurricanes chipped away at it, got a goal in the second, and then scored two goals in 40 seconds, I believe, in the third period to force overtime, where Michael Grabner scored the game-winning goal in three on three. But Last night, uh, the end of Arizona's, I believe it was a four-game road trip yep. out east, one of those where you kind of figured that they might already have their minds on the plane. Well, I'll put it to you this way, and seeing it's Arizona, I don't know if it's two hours or three hours behind us, but uh, seeing we were out there for you know eight days-ish, <laughs> I-, I can tell you that for me, you never, when you come back, it took me three or four days to settle back in on East Coast time. So that 1 o'clock start, I can promise you, yeah, they'd been here for a while. It didn't feel like 1 o'clock for them. You know, they were still adjusting to it. And I'm with what the Webb's Michael Smith just said. They're probably looking to, you know, head back home and, and get out of this West Coast trip. And the Canes did what they were supposed to do. Would have liked to have seen it happen maybe a little bit quicker in the first, but it happened in the second period where they really took control of that game. Petition, by the way, to play all games at 1 p.m. even during the week. I'm in. Okay. Cosign. Done. Let's call uh, Gary Bettman. There you go. We have no power to take care of anything else. <laughs> By the way, if we brought that suggestion to Gary Bettman, the same thing would happen yeah. as if we brought yeah. any of the internet suggestions. To I don't even think we'd here. make it. To, we put, probably wouldn't even make it past his receptionist. I don't. I, I trust me. If I got in, there are many <laughs> things I'd say to Gary Bettman before I would talk about the one o'clock start time. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you said it best. The Hurricanes, I think. Uh, the early part of the game did feel like a couple of teams trying to find their legs in an afternoon game. But once the Hurricanes were able to get to their game, they didn't look back. Uh, the first goal started it off. The second goal stretched things. And by the time the Hurricanes scored the third goal in the third period, it was pretty much the game. And that's 
that's what the Hurricanes want to do. They want to limit their opponent's chances. They want to get on the board first, and they want to stretch their lead. I mean, that's probably no different than what every team in the league wants to do. But when the Hurricanes are on their game and doing it well, those are the type of results you see. Peter Mrazek only had to face 23 shots yesterday. I think maybe two or three of them were, were really quality saves that he had to make. Uh, that one comes to mind where he had to uh, stretch across the crease to deny Alex Goligoski. And even he said Goligoski, he didn't think got all of it because he he put it five hole and, yeah. and Mrazek's stick was there. But So he didn't have a lot of work to do, but the Hurricanes just took care of their own end. They were aggressive on the forecheck. That's how a number of these goals were scored, but by just an aggressive forecheck, forcing turnovers, taking the puck back the other way, scoring in transition. You had Svechnikov scoring in transition. You had Sebastian Ajo scoring that third goal uh, off a neutral zone turnover. Calvin DeHaan lays it off for him at the blue line, and, and Ajo finishes on a partial breakaway. You know, that earlier he went for that backhand move, but this one he just a quick shot five-hole uh, beats Aiden Hill. So... Uh, an all-around complete effort, I yep. thought, from the Hurricanes. Uh, exactly what they wanted to get back to doing, you know, after not being able to to, to uh, check the win column in their last three games. It was exactly the type of game they wanted to play. Um, and it was a well-earned victory. That's, yeah. that's what it comes down to, a well-earned it, victory. It was complete, and they got contributions from the third and fourth lines or however you want to label them, which this team needs to have. Uh, Clark Bishop, who has been sent down to Charlotte with, as we're watching practice today, it's good to see Jordan Stahl, even though he's in a yellow non-contact jersey, or gold, we like to call it gold, not yellow, but a gold non-contact jersey right now. Uh, he's out here, Michael Furlan's out here. So Clark Bishop and Yanni Kuokinen have been returned to Charlotte, as has Scott Darling, as Curtis McElhaney is taking part in practice here today so all good those are signs good things for the canes all good signs for the carolina hurricanes but uh that being said when you look at what the carolina hurricanes are able to do what they're trying to put together right now is one thing that's simple 60 minutes but if this team doesn't get contributions from the third and fourth line however you want to label it it will be tough for them to win on a, a night in night out basis and you could see it michael when Warren Fogle scores that goal and he's jumping in over the boards and was with Phil DiGiuseppe and Clark Bishop, who were outstanding on that shift. A great play by Clark Bishop. Phil DiGiuseppe gets in front of Aiden Hill and takes away his eyes, and the rebound comes in, and Warren Fogle goes hard to the net, and he buries it. And you could see him actually get lighter, as a very, very good tweet put out by you. Not only did he get the monkey off of his back, he then punted it over the boards. He did punt it. The Let's... The good man punted Baxter. <laughs> let's talk to him about that right now. Warren, let's get the obvious one out of the way. Uh, that goal, it, it just seemed to change everything about you. A huge smile. Good celebration as well. Michael Smith pointed that one out. But how big was that for you, and how much was it weighing on you that you'd gone that long without being on the score sheet? Uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever gone that long with, without scoring or uh, producing like points-wise. But, uh, yeah, it was more just a huge relief just to – uh, get that off my back and you know there's a lot of games where I just kept thinking about it is it ever going to happen and and go, having things that go through my mind that probably shouldn't you know um, but I've had a lot of good support here uh, doing video with JD and just telling me to do the simple things and eventually it'll come so you know hard work pays off eventually right. At the same time how important is it just to focus on doing those little things right and then 
the goals coming from that. Not trying to, not going out there with the explicit of uh, the explicit goal of scoring goals, but just doing the little things right and the goals coming from that. Yeah, I think the the learning lesson here is don't change the way you play. Um, I think earlier in the year, maybe November, I started getting away from my game and my identity, just worrying so much about scoring because I was getting those chances and I just couldn't end up getting them in. So I think learning lesson is just like you said, stick to the details and, and of course stick to what got you here, right? And for me, that's bringing energy, using my speed and doing the small things right. Yeah, is it something where because, and I don't want to put any words in your mouth here, Warren, because you weren't getting on the score sheet, you weren't noticing the little things that you were doing right, and that's where you say like Jeff Daniels or your your teammates are pointing out, hey, just keep doing this, and you are going to get that opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, like I said before, just great support here from from some of the older guys and, and, and Jeff for just telling me to stick with it. Um, I know some players just get, I think just as a young guy, you, you kind of get carried away looking at some of the stats when you probably shouldn't. But like you said, small things like getting the puck out of the zone, creating, uh, drawing penalties and, and small things like that. How important are your teammates? I mean, we, we always talk about when the room is winning and it's always good, it's good to be around. But, you know, when they can tell, you can tell, you've been there for your teammates too, where it's just sometimes it's a word or a phrase or maybe to try to get you to lighten up a little bit. How important are, are they at any point, especially when you're going through a situation where you're going to be your harshest critic? Yeah, for sure. I think we've got a good group of guys here. Um, it's nice to have a couple of young guys and, of course, the older guys there to provide that leadership. Um, that especially rookies like myself need. Um, but overall, it's been a pretty good, it's been a great experience and, and the room has been great. Um, you know, other guys ha haven't scored in a bit and they cheer them on too. So um, it's good that this group all supports each other and we're focused on one goal and that's winning. What's it been like sitting next to a guy like Jordan Stahl, a veteran in this league, and him just being able to provide a little guidance for you? Yeah, it's Jordan's been huge for me this year. Um, I remember was after that our Montreal game and he just told me just to, to st stick to like working hard and, and doing the small things, you know, and obviously listening to someone like that, um, you try to really put that in perspective and, and take his advice. Um, he's won before and he's been a great leader for this team and especially myself. All right, Rod Brindamore told us that this is kind of a quiet group, but there's one voice that's kind of always loud all the time around here. and. I think we can draw numbers and go 48 is probably that guy. Um, but, you know, how important is it to, to have that one guy in the room and, and or maybe two or three? There's some sneaky good guys. We might have heard some rumors about you being along those lines, too, where you have a couple of guys who just can, you know, this is the right time to drop a line in a serious situation, get everybody going. Yeah, we got some interesting characters on this team, that's for sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, the older guys keep it light. Willie's a big talker. And uh, he's, he's great in the room for us. And, you know, you need that leadership here. And for us young guys, you know, like we, we look up to these guys. So it's good to see that uh, leadership provided. Both on and off the ice, what's the adjustment been like being this your your rookie season in the NHL? You got a taste of it last year, but but playing, uh, what, two and a half months now. What's, what's that adjustment been like? Yeah, it's definitely been a different transition than I probably expected. Um, you know, you play every single day, and you're here at the rink every single day. It's a little bit different. Half the time, I don't even know what the day is, to be honest. <laughs> I have to ask, hey, what day is it? Um, so that's obviously been a transition, and I think I've definitely uh, had some struggles earlier in, in November, and now I'm starting to just realize, you know, it, it, this league's about consistency, right? And that's what the top players do. So if you want to get to that level, you have to be consistent and uh so that's what I'm hoping to, to start to do. You know, it's not often we get to ask this. I know you're looking at the standings here for the NHL, but 
team you were a big part of last year, the Checkers, they, they, those guys just don't seem to, to lose right now. What is it about that group and, and what they've been able to do right now that gives you guys some confidence right now? And we've got a whole bunch of little ones who want to be part of our interview, which is great. It only makes this podcast better. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually talked to a bunch of those guys down there still, and it's great to see them winning. And I remember last year we had the, the same mindset as what they have right now. It looks like is that we always find a way to score somehow, and that's what they're doing. So. Um, it's great to see them get that success, and hopefully they can continue that. What's the biggest key to consistency in this league? Is it something that you you do off the ice just to maybe look after your body? Is uh, what's what's the secret here, well, or I is think, there a secret? I think I'm still <laughs> trying to figure that out. Right, this is my I've only been here for two months or so, so you, you try to find it whether it's mental more or taking care of the body. I thought I've always tried to take care of my body pretty well throughout my entire hockey, so I think it's. Maybe have some more sleep, or it's it's. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. You try to ask guy, the older guys, um, how they do it. So uh, I don't really have an answer for you right now, but I'm still working on it. All right, I need to ask after such a serious question from the Webb's Michael Smith right there. How awful is it having to deal with us, aka the media, asking you questions like, "What's the key?" If you knew the key, wouldn't you share it with everybody? <laughs> well, and, and I'm not just ripping on Michael Smith here, because Lord knows I've asked enough of these questions. Uh. <laughs> well, I think the point I was driving at is just just more about the adjustment to yeah. this league because it is, I think, a big adjustment, as you've seen, just from going from junior to the A to, to the NHL. There's a lot of things change. So let me vamp on that. How have you adjusted to the media crush that <laughs> we provide to you as you're going through this rookie year? <laughs> I, I just think there's just a lot more games, obviously, here yeah. than the AHL. And, and down there, it seems like you only play on the weekends for the first couple of months. So, But here you play every other day, so it's definitely been a grind and um, something that I obviously enjoy, right? But, uh, yeah, just trying to find that consens- consistency there. So, yeah. So did you toss the monkey off your back and then <laughs> kick it? Looked like you kicked it. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I was – I'm not very good at celebrations. Uh, you know, some of my friends that um, – but kind of threw it up, and then I was like, why am I doing this? And I was like, you know what, you got to keep going with it, so – um, just a relief, but more more happy that we got the win, and we have a couple important games coming up here. Um, we need to get on a run, and 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 that's that's why we got to move on and, and go from there. So that wasn't planned. The throw the monkey off the back and then punting it. It was a stream of consciousness celebration. <laughs> Correct. That was not planned. <laughs> um, but at the same time, how big was that win? Where it seemed that might have been the the best total team game we've seen in a while from you guys. The three nothing win over Arizona. Yeah, we, we definitely needed that win, especially after that uh, heartbreak against Washington. Um, like Rod's been saying all year, we need everyone contributing. Um, that's with doing the small things and, you know, all showing your effort and, and working hard. So it was great to see that from the entire group, and we need to do more of that. Are uh, you ready for the holidays? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, a little different here. No, not, no more snow anymore, <laughs> except for last week. But, uh, no, I'm excited just to, to see my family and my brother and, um, yeah. Warren, thanks so much for the time. Smitty, that was a good question. I was just, I was being the Grinch on that one. Warren, thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Warren Fogel, second time on Canescast. We first talked to yeah. him back in March, I yeah. believe it was, in New Jersey. Yeah, we the, did. The uh, lobby of the hotel in New Jersey. Good conversation with Warren Fogel after he scored his first NHL goal. And then, of course, scored again that night in New Jersey. Yeah, so, you know, maybe, maybe this will... Get him going. That's Get true. him fired up. Maybe it'll spark some more fogles. Oh, wow. If you see I what I did there. Heard what you did there, and let me tell you. Are you booing? I am not. <laughs> I am sending that one right back. Okay.
Well, should we get to that then? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. I believe we, we do. Okay, let's do it. All right, so looking ahead, the next three games for the Canes, Detroit, Pittsburgh, and Boston, and it culminates with the Boston game where the Hurricanes are bringing back the iconic green jerseys and logo of the Hartford Whalers on that September 23rd game. Uh, That means there's six points up for grabs. I'm going to send this over to you, and I hope you keep it. I think the Canes get five points in these next three games. It's a tall task because Pittsburgh is playing better. Canes Um, always play them tough here. Yeah, well, and the atmosphere is always, I think, electrified. Yes. Here in PNC, and expecting some good crowds over the next three games too at Detroit, Pittsburgh, and Boston in town around the holidays. Always a good time uh, to come out to PNC Arena. So if you haven't got your tickets for those games yet, do check hurricanes.com slash tickets. An emphatic celebration from Andrei Svechnikov after scoring in a in a shootout here so in practice. Now seeing Rod Brindamore has seen that, I'm sure Andrei Svechnikov will get a chance in the shootout. There now. you go. He went down to one knee and... and a little fist pump. He usually just does the sort of salute fist pump combo. Uh, this one, a real emphatic celebration. I kind of want to see that one in game. They've been doing some three-on-three work. Now they're doing one-on-one full ice drills here. And we're watching Justin Falk versus Andre Svechnikov. And uh, now Justin Falk in on a breakaway on Curtis McElhaney. Goes in and he scores. He buries it. And Andre Sveshnikov threw his stick, so that would have been a penalty shot regardless. Either way. Um, but, yeah, I, I – I'm I, sure some fans here at practice are going to tweet, why was Sveshnikov out on the ice? I think – oh, and now they have to do push-ups. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yep. Oh, please, some Sounds like a boot camp almost. Yeah, there is 15, but uh, might want to count on some of those here. <laughs> I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. I think, uh, I think there are some good points up for grabs here. I think the Hurricanes coming off that win against Arizona, and they've played well. Like we said, played well that last homestand. Were able to string together uh, uh, three consecutive victories. Came away with yeah. um, nine out of a possible, uh, what's that, 12 points yep. on the homestand. Um, I think there's some crucial points for the taking here, and if they can get in a good position in the standings by Christmas time, uh, then it gets interesting. Yep. Comes the come the new year, so I'm going to take that. And remember, much like the last time I made a prediction like this, uh, I'm doing it before anything happens. So be sure to call me out for right. trying to make a observation. It's what we're here for. Yeah, it's always easier to wait for the results and then say something. I'll do it right now. That's why as soon as soon as you hear this, call it out, and then we'll see if you're right. So last week we said uh, we were going to get to some talk about Seattle. Oh, do you have? Well, the, it, it's, it's really? related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? So Seattle is going to be the NHL's 32nd franchise yes, it, yes, in it the 2021-22 season. Yes. There will be an expansion draft in the summer of 2021, and then you'll have Seattle entering the Pacific Division. Arizona slides over to the Central Division. I believe I predicted that. In a tweet mail article a few months ago, go check that out, obviously. You were correct. I was indeed correct. It was the logical choice, right? You're omniscious. So, well, first of all, I just wanted to get your thoughts on Seattle, and then we'll get to my, uh, my like it, take it. Love it. Uh, it. First off, it brings balance to the force. Ooh. You're welcome. 32 teams, 16 and 16, which I really like. 
Uh, I think that the Pacific Northwest definitely could have another hockey team, be it Portland or be it Seattle, but Seattle does have a rich hockey history. You've got a good border war now between Vancouver and Seattle franchises that uh, can be interesting to watch if you like to watch West Coast hockey, and I do. So it just makes perfect sense. And moving Arizona into the Central, that makes perfect sense too because now that they're really partnered up with Colorado, that works out. Everything's fine. Keep the divisions uh, without any kind of major changing because anytime there's been an expansion, there's always been a who's going to move where and what do we do now. It's perfect. It's plug and play. Arizona goes to the Central, doesn't really wreak havoc on their schedule one way or the other. So uh, I think this is a really, really hand-in-glove fit for the NHL to put a franchise there. So then my question to you is, if you like it, take it. If not, send it right back. Green will be one of this yet-to-be-named Seattle team's colors. Oh, all day. Yeah, I'll take that. I'm thinking yellow. I'm thinking that they'd go along like the, supersonics. the Supersonics motif that okay. they had before. So uh, if you take a look, green in some shade, form, or fashion is with the Seattle Seahawks uniforms and the Seattle Mariners uniforms. They have some kind of green and or the Sounders greenish as tint. Well. Yeah, and the Sounders as well. So, yeah, you'll see it. I think green will definitely be a part of it. I'll be interested to see what they do because I do think green, it's the Emerald City after all. Yeah, so, I do so that's think why it can, it's got to go green. I think you have green and yellow works or even green, blue, and yellow works if you want to go that route. I thought the one blue, th I, other Seattle teams, as you pointed out, do have blue, blue as well. But then there's the Canucks not too far off that have that green and blue color yeah. scheme. Could it be like a green and red sort of old no, school? No, I think, it, I think it'll Devils? be green and yellow. Okay. Kind of like for those of you who can – Go back to it, the old Minnesota North Stars. Mm, yep. So I think you'll see some reference to that. I'm excited. I'm excited about Seattle joining the league. I don't think it's going to be too long before they get the NBA back either. It's a great city. It's going to be a great city for hockey. And it has. It's been a long time coming to get these divisions and conferences balanced out. It was kind of obvious when the NHL realigned what yeah. was going to happen. Yeah. It's just it's taken a few years to, to get to that point. What I also like is what it's going to do for road trips because now you can do four and four. If you really wanted to, you can do Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and then you can go Seattle and then the Californias and just go from there. Yeah. So. I, I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. And – um yeah. All right. That's I'm, all I have no, on well, that. I'm, I'm, and I had one. It. You I, mentioned I'm, the force. Star I'm just Wars. impressed you had one. Oh, yeah. Star Wars has been on TV all weekend, and I have watched them. Even the prequels here and there. All right. The Force Awakens was the last thing I saw before going to sleep last night. Such a good movie. I know. I know you like it. Yeah. I did not care for it, but I also... Did, did care. you not care? Well, I didn't care. No, I didn't care for it as much as everybody else. Yeah. Because I'm like, you could have gone in so many other new directions. They went in an okay direction. Uh, I did like the the Last Jedi though. That's for sure. All right. Well, practice is wrapping up, and uh, the webs. Michael Smith and I have to head in and talk to the players. So we hope you enjoyed episode 70, a holiday tradition here of Kane's Cast. We'll come to you perhaps before the new year, but if not. In 2019. I don't know. The New Year's kind of weird how it's going to sit. Yeah, because there's the New Year's Eve game here against Philadelphia at 6 p.m. on a Monday. But yeah. New Year's Eve. So come celebrate New Year's yeah. Eve with, with the with Hurricanes. Us. 
And then you get first night Raleigh wristbands, so you can go downtown afterwards and watch the acorn drop and everything. It'll be great. All right, so this. This could be the last podcast could be. of Kane's Cast for 2018, but we will definitely join you in 2019, so we will talk to you then. For the web's Michael Smith. And TV's Mike Maniscalco. We will talk to you very soon. Happy holidays, everybody. Enjoy it. Be safe. Bye-bye. Thank you.